live from Tel Aviv, two nice Jewish boys, Aitzid Weinstein and Naor Mininger. Think, tweet, tank. <laughs> so today, that yeah. beautiful laughter that you heard off to the side is a uh, wonderful guest that we have with us today, um, Jessica Fishman, um, who is here um, leading up to, it hasn't been uh, And it'll published. be released February 7th. Okay. February 7th, um, her new book, Chutzpah and High Heels, is coming out. Two um, things which we like and love. Two things we <laughs> like. Cherish. Which do you like more? Oh, no, let's not get into it. <laughs> so Chutzpah and High Heels, February 7th. And uh, Jessica's here with us today to talk a little bit about Hello. that, about her Hi, life. thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. So I noticed you guys are two nice Jewish boys. You guys didn't mention that, that it's two hot nice Jewish boys either. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can hear that, guys? You can't see us, but we just have uh, proof now. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad yeah. the Knesset member didn't say that. But yeah. she must have th- thought that, right? She, she can't. It's not politically it's, yeah, correct. Right, right, right. Yeah. Thank I'm you. I'm known for not being politically correct. So. <laughs> Thank you. Well, he's not into girls, but never mind. Um, yeah, well, that's... That's public now. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was trying to hide it for all these years, but I guess. So, Jessica, what do you have uh, more of? Chutzpah or height? <laughs> um, I guess it would depend when you'd be asking me. If you'd asked me when I came here, I definitely had more high heels. Now that I'm older and spent way more time in Israel, way more chutzpah. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you ever noticed, though, that chutzpah and chutzpah are two totally different things how so like when you if you talk to an american and you say wow you have so much chutzpah it's almost like a compliment i remember when i was moving here everyone was like wow that takes so much chutzpah and they were so proud of it yeah so i don't know proud but okay we'll go with proud yeah (laughs) you're inspired or something and and but when you come to to israel and they're like why is that chutzpah like it's an insult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're due totally different words. Because it's in like Amer- Americans hold it up as this on this pedestal. It's chutzpah. It's yeah, it's the a great Yiddish Israeli legend. value. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it's Yiddish, but I mean, it's for for Americans they see Israelis as like you know these these chutzpah gods, <laughs> and and but yeah, when you get here, you're like fuck it's chutzpah. <laughs> yeah, like, it sucks. And also, yeah, all the chutzpah here is when not they tell bad. you at chutzpah, this is a very insulting thing to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they do idolize. I mean, I think they idolize it secretly here. Like, because the worst thing you can be in Israel, and you talk about this in your book, is a friar. And so, sucker. Like, the opposite of that is obviously you have to have chutzpah and you have to, like, not be, you know, a sucker. So, but, but how does one get uh, chutzpah? How does one practice it? I mean,. You know, is it is, are there like courses for uh, Olim to be more? Chutzpah? I mean, I'm thinking about the the temptation courses. Uh, you know, the art of temptation of, of oh, the guys who stop girls on the street. Yeah, and, like, so maybe yeah. the equivalent only with chutzpah, like you practice it. I mean, I think that's you. a horrible idea. Have you ever been the victim of one of those courses? One of I those have like uh, pickup courses. <laughs> you awful. have. Please. I don't tell think us. there's any woman who oh, has it. It's awful. Please. Yeah, there's I a documentary knew... about it now. By the way. Oh really? Yeah, the, a, a woman followed the group of. of okay, of so wait. Trainees. You have to tell us about your experience with them. Well, I know that one of the things that they teach them is to like 
give backhanded compliments like try to insult a woman at the same yeah. time that you're yeah. complimenting them and yeah. it's, you're just like what century are you living in? yeah just just insult them like why do you have to, why do you have to compliment why the that's what they teach you when you're five years old and you should keep up with it exactly wait so what happened you actually got stopped like in the middle of the street well it happens i feel like it happens a lot in the middle oh, of tel God. aviv and they're like they'll they'll say sometimes they'll even say oh i'm in this course can i just talk to you (laughs) they didn't get the lesson i think (laughs) that is that's not that's the course is not an excuse to approach excuse me may i hit on you please excuse me (laughs) this is for credits at least there's consent asked right like (laughs) for that but uh, but how do you gain chutzpah how do you become the master of chutzpah that's a good question i mean i think just living in israel listen the the court. I mean, you might you might be more familiar with this, but like when you move to she Israel, mean, she means Eitan. Sorry, Eitan <laughs> might be more familiar with this. Um, when you move to Israel, it's like the first few weeks are just like almost designed to teach you to have more chutzpah, like going through the misrata panim, the interior ministry, and dealing with all the bureaucracy. It's like you can't get through it without mm-hmm. building some type of armor of chutzpah because you'll just drown. Right. Yeah. You will. <laughs> you will. I can confirm that. Will you? Oh, you will. You will. I think it's... I'm still getting a little bit better now, but you and I probably made Aliyah around the same. You said you were ten been here 10 ago. years. Yeah. I've been a, here a little bit longer than that, and I think it's getting a little bit better now, but you know, 10, 15 years before yeah. there was a big wave of... But it's not just like in the institutions that you have to go through making Aliyah. Like it's just in every facet of Israeli society. Like the grocery store like or the, grocery, the gas station. Or the oh. bank that's only open <laughs> from like 12 to 2.15 on Mondays and Tuesdays it's open like on Wednesdays, which is confusing because like, those are different days. And you get charged for waiting in line. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it's... <laughs> It's but but it's interesting you say it improved and it changed over the years because as I was reading the book, I was wondering how things have changed um, when you describe uh, how is it like being an Ole, right? Um, I know more about being an Ola. But... Ola, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, because because you're, uh, you're telling about the experiences that you've had uh, 10 years ago, 2000, the early 2000s. And uh, it's been some time since. And I was wondering if, if it's any better, the bureaucracy, the whole experience. Do you have any idea what's going on today? Is it as bad as... Because when you describe it in the book, it's <laughs> intimidating. Um, I don't know because I haven't dealt with it at like the absorption process as much. I have to... I don't know. I kind of want to say I don't know. I don't know if I've gotten used to it. It's sort of become complacent in how difficult uh-huh. everything is and that's just the norm now or if it's gotten better well the truth what is think? what what year exactly did you make Aliyah? um 2000 and i want to say three three so i'm i made Aliyah in 2007 so that's four years it's not a long time to judge the difference but i think from the 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 process you describe in your book <laughs> that mine was slightly easier. I think it is I getting think better. I think today because... will be better because especially when I think about bureaucracy 
and the experience of, of getting the documents and all that things. Today, every, lots of the things uh, that have to do with the ministries are you can do them via computer. Um, so I think, well, I think it, that part is a bit easier. I think it also came to answer a, like demand. I think there was my, uh, my sister actually made Aliyah around the same time as you. And she okay. was in a uh, program, uh, maybe you've heard of it, Garin Sabal. Yeah. And she was, you know, in uh, one of the, you know, she was towards the beginning of that program. And her, when she was in that program, there was one group of kids there. And they were like 15 or like they were 18 years old, but there were like 15 of them or 20 of them. And by the year that I had made Aliyah, there were five different groups and they were each 30 people strong. And then now there's like 10. So it just shows that the, I think the rate of Aliyah is growing and growing from year to year. And there's like, there's tens of thousands of people coming every year now. Yeah, or so, rather escaping now from escape. other places. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true, but but the the truth is like there's you, there's a necessity to make it easier. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So the book, <laughs> because uh, well, the book I guess has two faces uh, or two um, levels themes. themes. Thank you. <laughs> so one theme is a very uh, practical. I see it as a kind of a crush course uh, that would help. A uh, young woman or man or not young, maybe old, who want to do an aliyah and want to know what's it going to be like. So you give the, a very practical, funny, yet, um, you know, uh, direct realistic? and realistic oh. approach to what it would probably be like. And the other uh, theme is the personal theme. So if you can tell us about that a little bit, how, how did you, how did it start? The idea for the book. How, the idea for the book? The idea, the, the writing, uh, yeah. Oh, God, the writing started a really long time ago. Um, actually, God, how long ago was it? It had to be close to 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. God, how long did it take so you? so old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah. Cut that out? <laughs> uh, okay, so it actually started about 10 years ago and it didn't start as a book. It actually, I went through this breakup and I started writing and then like I read it to some of my friends and they thought it was hilarious and it was you know a lot about the bureaucracy moving to Israel um and then I was doing my MBA and we had to do this course in internet internet entrepreneurship and um they're like you have to do a blog and I was like I'm not an expert in anything I had barely been working two years like what am I gonna do and then I realized I had in my drawers like 20 pages of content that I could use so that's sort of how it got started. And I started this blog called, called Alia Survival. Um, and then, so, you know, some other things happened in my life. And I decided to take this writing course. And it sort of happened at the exact right moment in my life where I was really looking for a way to express myself and deal with a lot of things that were going on. And I decided to take that and turn it into a, into a book. Um, you know, right? I for me, writing has always been a... Um, has been a tool to, to deal with, you know, the things in our life and also to, um, to find a, to find a way to express ourselves. Right. So what the book is about in your opinion, in my opinion, um, what's the book about? It's a good question. Um, it's the question, you know, we're filmmakers and we're in <laughs> film school. So it's the question all film students hate because you, you bring a, a, a script class, which you love. And you love the characters and the story. And then the teacher asks you that question. And there's no way you, you give, you're giving an answer that will it's satisfy about a, him. It's about a guy. It's about a woman. It's about, it's about three <laughs> people who, well, like it starts in. Uh, it's a love story. But then, <laughs> then it's. 
Just it's, wait, wait. So it's three cars, and there's four of them, but there's actually a plane, and there's there's love. There's tons of love no, in it. But but yeah, but I mean, what what is the main theme in your opinion? I think the main theme in in the book is about um, is it's a universal thing theme. It's about a search, so the search for love and identity, and and I think we a lot of us go through that in our twenties, trying to find out who we are. Sometimes you have to go to a different place than where you grew up to try to and to try to find who you really are and what your identity really is. Right. Um, now, how that's expressed in the book is through my Jewish identity and how my Jewish ident- identity actually interacted with the Jewish identity of the country. Mm-hmm. And um, how, how how did it interact? How did it interact? <laughs> so um, as the story goes, um, my mom converted before my parents were married and um, I was raised in a very active Jewish family, um, synagogue, every Shabbat, kosher house. Did she get also the accent, the Jewish accent, or that? It she did not. Okay. <laughs> no, I still. Process. We grew up in. I grew up in the Midwest, so okay. I have a very Minnesota accent, as okay. you can un- hear when I say the word Minnesota. Um, <laughs> it escapes. <laughs> does only that word, and sometimes when I say you know or about supper, do you say supper? I, I say dinner. Oh, you say dinner? Yeah, sorry okay. to disappoint. Well, I'm a little disappointed, but it's okay. <laughs> okay, so very Jewish family. So, yeah, very actively Jewish family. And my life was, a, a big part of my identity was my Judaism. And that's a, that's really what brought me here. My my mom was one of the, she was sort of the matriarch, matriarch of our Jewish family life. She was the one who pushed it. Um, and that's eventually what brought me to Israel. I mean, of course, I love the country, but I don't think I would have fallen in love with the country if it hadn't been for the way that my fam- my mom raised our family and built our, our home. Um, and then lo and behold, once I'm here, I find out that there's sort of two answers to the question of who is a Jew. Um, and one of the, one of the answers is if you have one Jewish grandparent and are you guys familiar with where that from the Holocaust? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I always thought that was sort of like poetic justice that Israel gave Anybody who could have been um, killed or... or um, Persecuted. Thank you. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Persecuted in the Holocaust, a safe haven. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the second explanation or definition of who is a Jew, and that's by the Rabbanut, and who has a very strict halachic, like orthodox halachic view, not conservative and reform aren't at all included. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that means that also conversions that aren't done by a strict Rabbanut approved rabbi aren't accepted and neither are any of their descendants so that means that i don't have the um the right to be married in israel which is you know puts me as a second class citizen Mm -hmm. so and this would be the same thing if i was in the um you know in the army i i served in the army it was really important to me to be a part of the army and you know to to give back to the country and um you know just a year before yeah i think it was a year a year and a half before i joined there was actually a i was an idf spokesperson unit and a year and a half before i joined there was um a soldier who was killed it was and that was in the idf spokesperson unit in gaza that being said the likelihood of being killed in the idf spokesperson unit is very limited um and it's certainly where i was but still knowing that if something were to ever happen to me in the army that i wouldn't be able to be buried in the idf cemetery was incredibly insulting but you know for me like for a, a privileged israeli <laughs> two parents are jewish etc etc but secular the thing i i can't understand is 
who gives a damn about what they do, what they say, what they think, uh, whether or not I can marry or not, how they see me as a Jew. Like, screw them. How, how, is, how is that not a thing? Just I think, I, I love your point. But the problem is, is that they still have control in the gov in the government over our lives, and I don't. Th I think there's some major issues with that. I'd also like to point out that um, the moment that you have that type of control in the government, it also justifies sort of daily, either daily discrimination, or and. It, How's the right it way to seep, put this? It seeps into the to, people's mentality. Exactly. It, it forces or coerces a type of um, ethical values. You know, I've had people say to me things like, you know, oh, but you're reform. You don't really count as Jewish, you know, or. But isn't it isn't it kind of a chicken and egg question? It's the question of whether or not the government creates that mentality or the mentality creates that, uh, you know, pr protocol in the government. You get what I'm saying? I like I do I do think that there is a chicken and egg problem and it and each side needs to make some type of change and exactly what you said that um that who cares and we see that most that according to um how do you say Sekir? uh survey according to surveys like the Hidush is done they actually say that um a I want to. I can't remember the exact percentage, but the a majority of Israelis don't want the Rebbenud involved. They've made that push, mm -hmm. but the government hasn't come. Hasn't yeah, made the status push. quo, an historical status quo that and breaching it uh, on that point. I guess it will mean war here in Israel. I mean, I don't think you need to have a war for that. There certainly wasn't war when well, when the LGBT community received rights to marry in the U.S. And actually, that's a great example. How do you compare the U.S. and, and here? I, here? Here, changing the status quo, I'm saying it with, with you know, I, I would love for it to change. But I don't, we, the problem is it's so sensitive here. Every change in the status quo with the settlers, with the Orthodox, can actually lead to, uh, to kind of a civil war, I think. And the more time uh, we are, is passed, the more time passes by... Um, it gets the, the it gets more and more it's get it gets harder for it to change i think so that's the a real danger unfortunately so this is why i'm so um desperate you about think, it I, mean, I don't know they don't even have access to weapons they don't go to the army how would well, there be a civil you'd be war surprised what they have in this cellars in <laughs> no, i don't know i mean i don't know if there would be a civil war i think we got to chip away at it if if we want it to happen that's another question is were you whether, here during disengagement uh 2006 right no i was okay. i was not i wasn't you're it, partying it, it, but that wasn't a war that was you know there was a lot of conflict and controversy was, and strife actually, but i actually dealt with the i was in the idea i, I have to say i understand what you're saying because i was i was in the idea of spokesperson mm -hmm. when this happened and that was a major part of my service was preparing for the disengagement mm -hmm. and there was s serious tensions i just realized you your commander was Mir regev i do not want to talk about that okay. <laughs> sorry continue <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that answer. <laughs> no, I can't blame you though. Okay, so it's, it was a big part of uh, the disengagement. Yeah. Yeah, we were. I mean, we dealt with dealt with planning for disengagement, and there were a lot of serious tensions going on. And there were also um, there were a few 
holdouts that were that there were some major violent backlash but i don't think that that should prevent us from making change and becoming an all-inclusive jewish state like we've always said that this was the homeland of the jews and now it's become the homeland of only some Jews. Right, I agree. Sorry, it's my. So the, I, I wonder. I mean, but because then you have to, you still have to define, I guess, who a Jew is, right? So you're saying the the Jewish, the definition of a Jew should be reduced, or I don't know if you call it reduced, but to it should be. If anything, altered. it should be expanded. It should be expanded to a person with at least one Jewish grandparent. I don't have all the answers. <laughs> what I can tell you is that there is um, there is quite a lot of injustice. There's over 300,000 people who cannot get married in Israel and have to go abroad. Mm-hmm. Now, I find it as an injustice that I, among all these other people, have more rights in a country that we don't live in, that we don't pay taxes in, that we don't serve in the army A.K.A. in. A.K.A. Cyprus. Cyprus right. is, is a great example. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't think that's the Jewish state. That I don't think that represents Jewish values. And mm-hmm. on top of it, for pe- the, I am able to, I can financially afford to f- go abroad. Mm-hmm. But there are plenty of people who can't, and then they just don't have the right to get married. I, I think that's a. I don't think that's what we want our country to represent. I do. I totally agree. I'm just so desperate. I. I. You know, we're the d- desperate generation. I think <laughs> the generation who don't who doesn't believe that there will ever be peace. The generation who who thinks nothing will change with the status quo ever, and the best way to cope with that uh, those problems is to say to them uh, "f you," and and just live your life. Um, but of course, I I hear your fr- frustration and. Uh, I because don't, I, it, I mean, for you, it wasn't just kind of a political ideal; it, it was it became more personal at a time. Yes. How so? That's that's. <laughs> that, I just wanted to put that out there. You know, I, I wasn't implying that we should tell any kind of story. We can move on. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No, I know it's a good. It's so, good that you put yeah. it out there. So, um, I, it became really. Per- there's a lot of ways it's become personal. I mean, one was you know, like I said, there's sometimes just comments that people throw out at you. That you mm-hmm. know, somebody tells you that you know, oh well, you. I remember talking to some friends about um. You know, that when we did Ali Ot, or that we had a minion, that women also counted. And they're like, oh, but you're reform. You don't really count. And I was just like, how are, how is, it's it comes down from the top that the country and the people don't accept other forms of Judaism as real Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember actually talking to an Orthodox rabbi, part of the rabbi Newt, and he said to me, we were talking about my mom's conversion and that it had been reform and he goes oh well they're not really rabbis they all eat um bacon and i was just like that's like me saying to you that all of you spit on seven-year-old girls because they don't dress modestly enough in your opinion Mm -hmm. um so there is the day-to-day that it's affected me but there's also the um sort of the (laughs) the identity crisis my life that Mm -hmm. i went through and um i was you came to find love did i come to israel to find love that's what I heard you, didn't you? Main, no. Like one of the reasons. That's what you, I heard you say here and there, but okay. I don't remember saying that. Okay. No, I was actually, when I came to Israel, I was very specific that I wasn't going to, I didn't want to find a boyfriend right away because I wanted to make sure. You know, there's so many stories of um, of 
Jewish women, young Jewish women, and also young Jewish men who break up with somebody and leave the country because of it. And I didn't want that to be my fate. Right. So um, I so don't. So you might not have come to find love, but you came to find love at some point. Exactly. Like yeah, I okay. thought I was going to be spending the rest of my life in Israel, and at some point that would include yeah. that. Right. Um. So where was I? Uh, sorry you were at, at this is my avoidance tactic <laughs> it's strange i have to say it's really strange like as a writer i don't know if you guys have this experience as a writing is a really private process mm-hmm. and which is ironic because it's like, now it's being published exactly. for anyone to read but it was really it was really private so sometimes now talking about this in public is <laughs> yeah. like awkward it is it's awkward it's uncomfortable and it's like who are you to ask me that question it's like you wrote a book about it <laughs> exactly i want to like slide <laughs> under yeah. this table and hide. <laughs> no i get what you're saying but it's different because when you write you're alone in your room exactly. and you're not thinking okay everybody's gonna read this everybody's gonna read this well you're just writing but at, and s- then, at, at one point i did and yeah. that was actually the therapy process is when i had to look at it from like a third point of view and say mm-hmm. what's the actual story here mm-hmm. what's actually going on and, and what's like the the theme of the book that i want to pop out how are other people going to read it mm-hmm. and the moment that i had to try to see how other people were going to read it was the moment that i had to see my true self and what my true issues were mm. with it get an outside perspective exactly on yourself exactly That's anyhow tough. <laughs> so how did how did it affect still you? avoiding <laughs> <laughs> if you want we, to talk about it's okay we won't no, let no, no, you no 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 i we i'll do it i'll you. do it no we won't <laughs> um so it actually what the the ultimate effect that it had is i was in a relationship at the time and um and my my then boyfriend and i had started talking about marriage and then came the night that i got this ultimatum from from him you know what every woman dreams of <laughs> ultimatum from a man shining armor uh, um, with shining armor and an ultimatum that's how the fairy tales go (laughs) um and he basically told me that if i um if i wanted to marry him that i have to convert in the rabbinut and it was quite a shock to the system i (laughs) why blame his mother oh yeah right (laughs) part of his mother got a point point. (laughs) she educated um, him though but that I mean that's that's amazing. That uh, not amazing. I don't even know the word for it. But he wasn't religious. Um, he was pretty secular. I mean, he drove on Shabbat. Right. Or he he would he tried to avoid working on Shabbat, but drove on Shabbat, spent money on Shabbat. He did have a tendency to wrap to fill in every morning. Um, which was for me very difficult to deal with. (laughs) But I accepted it. Um, you know that was his thing. Um, but it's a, it's an interesting question that Ethan asks because I think even the most secular Jews here in Israel we have it is implemented in us the the notion that marrying someone who's not Jewish by the law of the Rabbanut is uh, something wrong to do no matter not. how but, secular and I think that's exactly what he was saying is that it seeps into the mind the moment that you give yeah. control that you give justification to that um to that way of thinking yeah. then it, it ends up affecting the hearts and souls of every individual so I, I, I want i want to talk about the personal aspect but first i do want to address that because i i'm not, i'm not religious i don't you know what though. i believe in I, I don't think i believe in you i don't i mean it's just that's a whole different story and that's a mess and we're not going to get into that <laughs> but i want to premise it on the fact that i'm not obviously you know an observant 
religious Jew. But I do, I mean, I do have that predicament in the sense that this country defines itself as a Jewish and democratic state. And so the Jewish part is obviously, you know, as essential as the democratic part. And then you start asking yourself, okay, so how do you define Judaism? And that's what you were talking about. So it, it is kind of suspicious when you, you ask that, you know, you ask that question, you expect an answer from the state, and the state's like, well, it depends. If you want to make Aliyah, you're, I mean, it's the classical Jewish answer. You know, if you want to make Aliyah, you only need That's one okay. grandparent. <laughs> but if you want to get married, you actually have to have your mother. So it's <laughs> it's a predicament. But I, I guess what I'm saying is at the end of the day, you have to draw the line somewhere, right? Or do you not have to draw a line? I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. So the question is, if you were in the United States, for instance, would you have this concern also? No, because the states is, I mean, part of the, part of the uh, essence of the states is separation of church and state. No, but that's, that's irrelevant. If you were, if you were dating somebody in I a. I think it would be more severe in the states, right? Because it, look what's happening in the states. What's happening in the states is there is no such law that it's dangerous. The notion, I guess, especially with the young people, they don't look at if you, if the partner is Jewish or not anymore, barely, right? And you see that within two or three generations, there won't be much Jews left in this, the United States, right? So I'm, what I'm saying is... <laughs> Wait, but I, want, no, I wanted because... to... I, I, what do you mean by the states? It's It's... It's different. I don't think it's because you don't have that this authority telling you, well, this person is Jewish and this person isn't. It's it's we're part of a community. There's part of a tradi there's traditions and there's um, there's it's much it's much more of an open Judaism. And I don't think you would say, oh, are you a reform? Are you conservative? Hmm. I'm not going to accept you or I am going going to accept you. But this is why the yeah. American jury is getting extinct, extinct, um, extinct. I, becoming extinct. Becoming extinct. You know, no. I hear. I, I don't know. I I hear those statistics. I grew up in a very active Jewish family. I I didn't see that as much. Okay. Um. I think, but I don't think that's just Judaism. I think that's true of a lot of religions. I think our generations are rejecting the coercion of religion. But okay, so you're saying Judaism is something that the community upholds. And there's no there's no need for legislation. There's no need for there's no need for government to get involved in that. If you were dating somebody in the states, yeah. would you say, "Wait, before we get married, I need to understand if you're approved by a certain rabbi," um, or would you take their word oh, for you them? Touched that, a subject. Or would you? Or <laughs> no. would you? No, would you I accept think... their self-identification as a Jew? I mean, seriously, we've been through so much. Not many people pretend to be Jews who aren't. Like. <laughs> There's no reason to pretend to be Jewish. Yeah. We've been discriminated against around the world. Yeah. But then where's the line? That's what Aitan asks. Okay, so if you don't ask, so maybe it doesn't matter at all. So maybe not Jews is also cool, right? I mean, I, I personally think that that should be an individual decision. Mm -hmm. I don't think that the yeah. that the state should be forcing who you marry. Like, there's no reason for them to be in your bedroom and there's no reason to be in your heart. Right. And that's the same thing, you know... Uh, I, I do, re I mean, I've always been a really strong LGBTQ advocate and I believe that marriage is, is an individual decision and that everybody should have the right to do it, whether it's for gay couples, whether it's for interracial couples or whether it's for, um, mixed marriages for religion. And I don't think that the state should ever, here's the thing, 
even in Israel, if somebody wants to marry somebody who's not Jewish, who's not considered Jewish, the country isn't stopping them. True. They go abroad. So all it does is just make it more difficult. And technically, but, there's provisions in the law for, um, in Hebrew, it's called uh, being known in the public. You're doing but tzibur, which mm-hmm. is like you don't even have to get married, but you acquire you get the privileges yeah. at some point. But but even it's true that you can do those things, but you'll think twice because even if you marry a non-Jewish uh, woman, uh, especially, you know that your children will suffer, right? Your children won't have privileges, so you're punishing them. So the state, what it does what is here... What I mean, I have to say, I, I can't stand that. I, like, it really bothers me. I remember somebody yeah, no. has said that to me, and it's like, you're not passing on a terrible genetic trait. And the problem isn't with the children. The problem is with the society. Okay, but they I'm will saying, suffer but I'm within saying, the they, I think that's what he meant. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> no, I meant I, by the it's it's fact they will suffer because the state discriminates people who are not registered as Jews and they won't be recognized as Jews. The children, they so will they will suffer in that system. sense. In okay. that sense, that's what what I meant. Um, I think all you've done is made put more emphasis on the fact that the rules need to change. <laughs> like the I, law I'm with you. I'm with you on that. But what I'm saying, I'm not, I'm trying to be devil's advocate here and say, okay, if you change the law and everyone are Jewish, how do you prevent? Wait, is there a devil in Judaism? Oh, of course. Of no, course there, there is. isn't. Of course there is. Of course there, there is. is. I'm not in sure. every religion, there is. I'm pretty sure there isn't. Satan. Ah, uh, you, uh, you mean an actual devil? Yeah. Ah, I thought, no. Uh, <laughs> actually, um, I th- there's the, the uh, evil there's desire, the evil inclination. The, the, the character of the devil does appear uh, in one of the books. Uh, but, yeah, but I don't know if he but, has, like, because the devil in... Because there's no hell in Judaism. Well, there's, like, little talk of the afterworld in Juda- Judaism. Like, the Rambam says... It, Oh my God! I'm just all the Jewishness. All the Jewishness. <laughs> what all does, Jewish, the all what the does Jewish, he say? The he, ta- he says Rebbe uh, he, he deals actually with the afterworld, but ironically, so he also says the afterworld that like any discussion about the afterworld is useless because, which I think is a pretty pragmatic statement. But it's, I mean, th- there's little touch upon it. But I think in in a lot of religions, Satan is actually like almost an equal uh, power like an equal entity to God. He's the evil opposite of... Like black of, versus white. Yeah. What I'm trying to ask is, if you... In, in being the be devil's, devil's advocate. advocate <laughs> if you're opening all the gates and say everyone are welcome in and no, everyone who thinks he's a Jew is a Jew, etc. How do you prevent... Uh, how do you say it in English? Assimilation. How do you prevent that? I mean, I... I, I have a problem with a, with like your the basis of your theory that you're using this sort of snowball effect and that's all that is is trying to base it off of fear and I don't think that we're gonna have all of a sudden mass immigration of people who aren't Jews to come live in this country. Although they are a, a bit, but yeah. I okay, hear. which bit? Like yeah, a lot like of a lot of immig- immig- immigration. Yeah, for immigrants. No, but you're not gonna have. She's right in the sense that you're not gonna have like a wave of non-jewish people who are like i'm jewish and then it's gonna tip what, the what demographic like, guys, guys 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 wait, wait the wait. funny thing is though is like we all we consider ourselves like, the chosen people that everyone wants to be like part of our group but no one's really knocking at our doors like uh, I, I just want to to say to so put it on the Ivanka. table that in uh, 91 when the big m- one million russians came here out of which huge percentage 
didn't practice Judaism. They only had one grandmother and grandfather. Most Israelis don't come from, practice Judaism. Yeah, but they didn't come for, for a Zionist reason. They came just because, uh, for financial reasons. They didn't, they aren't Zionists, they aren't Jewish. They're Christians even, lots of them. But most of the Jews that came here were running per, running away from persecution. And that's the same thing with the Russian Jews. And that's the same thing with Ethiopian Jews. And they were forced to undergo mass conversions. Most of the of the Russian Jews who came here, oh, they, they didn't come from these reasons. All I'm saying is that you saw uh, during the, the history of this country that people did come um, taking advantage of the, the this one grandparent uh, policy without any strings attached to anything that has to do with this country. So I, I'm saying it's, it's, it's a complicated subject. Maybe we should move on, though. Eitan, what do you yeah. say? I do. I Go do, back maybe to the to I the do car. want to, but I do agree that there is something like th there's, a, there's an internal conflict when you, when you try and settle the two and reconcile because it really doesn't fit with like the Jewish, my sense of the Jewish values. What do you mean? In the sense that it, Judaism, to me, is supposed to be an inclusive, um, you know, uh, philosophy. And it's supposed to be a tolerant philosophy. And it, I don't know, I always, we always encounter this, this, uh, this conflict of democracy and Judaism. To me, it's frustrating because I want to believe that Judaism and, and democracy can kind of seamlessly like be integrated Integrate. but then you always run into these You've things been here for 10 years and you still believe that yeah I know. <laughs> he's so naive. i'm holding on to hope i'm holding on <laughs> with one so, last finger no but i do under i do understand i think part of the reason that you and i are sort of more on the same side of the table is because we grew up with a kind of different judaism in mm -hmm. the u.s and it is sort of a judaism that's based more on tikkun olam that we it is sort of this all-inclusive it's much more um it's progressive right mm -hmm. where i think the judaism in israel is we're all going to die tomorrow judaism <laughs> <laughs> everyone's the, after us <laughs> yeah that's the judaism we're 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 here with um but back to the car and your uh, ex uh, the, car. the car and your ex you were driving and he told you in the ultimatum <laughs> X yes. not ax this is X. this is like X, a, X, X, maybe an ax maybe, a, maybe an ax would have been good yeah. at that situation <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's my Minnesota ax um, but uh, okay so he gives you the ultimatum you slap him and, and get out of the car and, and tell him to go score himself or what do you do I wish I would have done that that would have been a great idea. No, it was actually, it was a very long process of uh, trying to work things out and trying to figure out if there was a solution. Um, you didn't see it coming. I, I Subconsciously? Yeah, I definitely did. Um, but I think parts of me, and that came from some of the things that sort of he had said, some of the things that he had done, but I sort of never really wanted to believe that it would actually happen, that this law would, you know, there's like laws in the U.S., that exist but they're not really being used like you know oral sex is illegal but nobody's stopping that right mm -hmm. um and i i think there was parts of me that wanted to believe that this law about not being able to get married was sort of one of those like it's there but you know nobody actually follows the laws in israel so they're probably not going to follow this one either um and more so i never really thought that somebody who i cared about so much would imposed that on me and and put me in that situation where they were essentially taking my like the core of my identity away from me 
Um, so it was a long process of sort of deciding what to do and how to do it and if there were any options. And um, but Was he wavering at all in his stance? You know, it was really strange. It was, you know, this was sort of like his demand and I was looking for all the different solutions and he would just, he stepped back and just saw me, you know, falling and mm-hmm. never really reached out a hand to help and never look for different solutions. And as as I got sort of more desperate and sad, he got more strong in his demand. Mm-hmm. Could it could it be a blessing in disguise? Oh, certainly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I joke about it now, um, years later, but like if I would have converted in as part of the Rebbe Newt, something that I strongly oppose um i mean every day i would have been like oh no you're changing the diaper i converted no you're taking out the trash i converted <laughs> you're doing been, the dishes so then I converted. it sounds like you made a mistake because that would have been a great excuse <laughs> it's true but i don't think starting a relationship oh. <laughs> you're fine starting a relationship with an ultimatum is yeah ever a it's not good cool. start yeah. but you know just for the record um uh, converting is horrific the easiest way to convert though and you were in the military uh is through the military the military yeah. because i know uh a few girls who converted that way uh the mi- i don't know did you consider that option when you were in the military how is it called uh native native yeah cool native so i never you know back then i didn't really ever think that would actually like i said actually ever be an issue right um, and I never thought that anybody would actually put that ultimate on, yeah, on yeah, me. Yeah, of course. Um, but like I said, I I am Jewish. I grew up Jewish. I know nothing else, and right. I wasn't a I wasn't ready to. I wasn't willing to let some. What's the word I'm looking for? Asshole. Yeah, that's <laughs> a great word. But no, but like some irrelevant old religious man define who I was and. And that's ultimately why I decided not to go, th- go through any. And type what of happened afterwards? After. After okay, you so it didn't it ended the relationship. Oh yeah, the relationship. But was, but then what over. process did you go through? Oh, there was quite a long healing process, but that was the book. Right. Like that's sort of the amazing thing is that I was, like for me, I felt like I could have sort of let this weigh me down and really ruin my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided that I wanted to speak out. I actually worked right after that. I um, spoke out. I spoke with a reporter in Yerushalayim about God, so long ago, six years ago, something like that. Um, and I remember telling my story, and there was about to be a conversion bill that would actually make give the rabbinut more power over conversions, and they used that to sort of change, make sure that legislation didn't go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I ended up leaving Israel. I was really, um, I was really broken by this country. So I sort of left, took some time to heal, took some time to you gain went, bank my strength. You went back to Minnesota? I, well, I went back to the States. My parents were no longer in Minnesota. Mm. So it's a bit depressing because in the book you describe how determined you were to succeed here. I know. I, I don't think there was ever any Ola who was as determined as you, <laughs> Ola. But even you, with all the might of of will, broke. So what what's the lesson here? Please don't like a- please don't say the lesson because I feel <laughs> like it's going to be depressing. <laughs> because I, <laughs> Aitan is buying the tickets as we speak. Well, okay. So here's the thing: there can be two lessons. One is what's the bitui in uh, in Hebrew that 
what is it called? What is it? ארץ שאוכלת יושביה? ארץ אוכלת יושביה. A land that it's devours. devours That's perfect. Settlers. It's, um, yeah. there, there can be that lesson. But then I think the lesson that I like to focus on more and sort of how my, what I like to focus on in my book is that I took something that was really difficult, really hard, that could have been, you know, something defining my life negatively. And I decided to speak out and turn it into something positive and try to raise awareness. And I think that's the ultimate lesson is that you can take something, no matter how bad it is, how difficult it is, that you can change it into something. And, you know, whether it's reaching out to other people, so many people reached out to me and said, thank you so much for speaking out. I've been going through the same thing. Or just to try to raise awareness. I think this is a really important thing that the Jewish diaspora needs to be more involved in. I mean, this country reaches out to its Jewish diaspora, especially American Jews, for support, for blind support. Um, and we've, as American Jews, we've given it to, to the country and proudly and happily. But at the same time, the country isn't reciprocating. And I think it's important that that we have a stronger relationship and as such, I think the con- that Israel needs to find a better way to accept yeah, to embrace. Jews. But can you give some tips, okay, uh, to an 18-year-old uh, girl in Minnesota who wants to do an aliyah? How can she, what can she do differently or, or to, to not end up back in the States? How do you survive aliyah? That's what I'm asking, basically. Um, I think there's a few things. One is... Um, a good question i think okay so wait i wrote this down Can I okay look? sure 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 <laughs> um where's, i'm you'll gonna cut this i'm out, gonna right? no, no i'm gonna actually go get a beer go get in a the beer. meantime go do you want I found one it, go 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 oh no you don't want a beer no do go for it something? go 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 no no thank you okay anybody food steak water water bring water. Bring, water. bring her water please okay but we, we can talk it's, oh it's i should keep going yeah okay um, so I think was actually something that we touched on before is to have a sense of humor. Um, humor here is definitely your shield of armor. Mm-hmm. Um, you How have so? to, you have to be able to laugh. I mean, things are tough here. You have to be able to laugh at, at it. You have to be able to, um, instead of letting it get to you, I think humor without a doubt, without a doubt helps you sort of bounce those, all those, the, the dings, whether it's, uh, uh, elbow in the court, in the line at the supermarket or somebody yelling at you, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. wherever. You need to be day. pushy, that's for sure, also, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, without a doubt, that's imbe- that's really important. Um, the other thing is Hebrew. I think learning Hebrew is, is one of the most, one of the things that many Americans specifically don't do. It's so important to understanding the culture, to developing good relations, to developing good relationships. Um, How'd you do it? Oh, I was so stubborn about learning Hebrew. Um I forced myself to speak Hebrew, even when I didn't know how to. <laughs> I mean, did you grow up speaking Hebrew? Yeah. So you yeah, didn't have I don't the understand problems. the struggle. And it sucks. His Hebrew sucks anyway. So, <laughs> so I maybe mean, I do understand the struggle. <laughs> I mean, like, I I mean, God, I, I remember when I first got here, like, Kosmaim and Kusmaim were interchangeable. Right. Um, God, I Which have, for some people they are. I mean, yeah, you know. Eitan, explain, please. <laughs> Well, oh, because, yeah, that's true. Well, kos means cup and kus means... Is what Trump would grab. Exactly. Let's just put it at that. That's, that's, <laughs> a, good, that's a good sensor. Yeah. There actually was... Um, 
There actually was something with uh, uh, LeBron James with that, where he was uh, with the whole David Blatt thing that they a lot of people thought he got David Blatt fired from the Cleveland Cavaliers. So a lot of Israelis were posting kus imashilcha, right? Which if you translate, if you use Google Translate, it translates to the cup of your sister. <laughs> and LeBron James was just totally confused. He was like, why are all these Israelis talking about my sister's <laughs> cup? Like, I don't understand. What's the reference? That's hilarious. <laughs> but so that those were your days, your, your, your beginning days in Israel. Yeah. And always. I think a lot of people do that. But it's also yeah. really important. One, I'll never make that mistake again. Um, so, you know... Even if I, like I said, even if I didn't, under, couldn't say something, I'd find a way to express myself. I'd make lots of mistakes. But in the end, I feel much more comfortable in it. I can have a conversation. I can listen. I can watch TV. I can read a book in Hebrew. Um, and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that's, um, it's really important to being able to understand the culture. And what, looking back, is it as horrific a language to learn as, as people think? Or is it not that bad? No, it's that bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a fun... But once you do learn it, I, I definitely... And, like, listen, my Hebrew is not perfect. I'm not fully fluent. Um, but it's a fun language to learn. There's a lot of fun expressions that you just can't get in English. Um, like, you know, the cup of your mother or sister is, mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is, is an example. Right. Although it's Arabic, but yeah. It's true, it is. But, no, there, it's you also say it in Hebrew. You don't just say kusamik. You also say... Yeah, true. Yeah, you right. could say yeah. it. We're, it. We're a podcast in English, so any curse words in the Hebrew don't count. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you could say it. <laughs> All right, good to know. Um, okay. So I can say like Zion, Vimizdan, and yeah, yeah. no <laughs> problem. No problem. Not gonna censor those. <laughs> All the rabbis, the American rabbis, were listening like, oh, oy vey, oy vey. <laughs> but okay, so so we said humor, chutzpah, being pushy, and Hebrew are are important elements of, of surviving the Aliyah, right? But what about the army? I mean, me, I don't know how many Americans ma- making Aliyah or Olim in general are, are doing the army. Was it? I, I, I guess it's essential. It helps a lot in integration, right? I mean, I don't know if it's essential, but I mean, it certainly helped me. It was, it's what helped me build my, I think a lot of things that helped me sort of build my armor, but it also helped me with my Hebrew my Hebrew was better when I got released from the army than it is today. You know, that was only after two and a half years in Israel. Then now. Well, you ten. learned it from the best. <laughs> okay. That's the last Miracle joke. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that, uh, the, the, I have to say about the army that I have, I have quite a few friends who came here and did the army and went back afterwards. Like, I don't know if it's kind of like it's glue that stick, you know, it's, I always thought, okay, to acclimate into Israeli society, you have to do the army. You have to. I don't think you have to. I think it, it can help. It can help, but, I, but I'm starting to believe that it's not necessarily uh, the, deciding know, the deciding factor, factor or even it plays any kind of indication on whether or not you're going to stay. Because I've seen many people who have come here, done the army, maybe stayed a year or two, maybe even did a degree, right. but eventually ended up back in the States. Also, you know, you ended up in a good place. But uh, to me, it seemed, uh, when I read the part about your being recruited, it seemed very annoying, the army. It seemed very risky uh, to recruit because you can end up, 
just as well in a in an office doing staple work, um, and not in the IDF spokesman. Uh, we also have or you can end up in the IDF spokesperson doing sure. the same thing. Uh, hey guys, guys, don't underestimate staples. <laughs> They're important. Right, you're talking to the greatest uh, master of staples. Someone here needs to learn how to staple. Apparently. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm thinking about Zero Motivation, the film that... Uh, it has an amazing... Yeah, play. about the experience of girls in the army doing nothing in the desert. Uh, so that was a huge... That's a huge risk to take also. So there's... You can gain, but you can also lose two years of, li of your life, right? But you took it and volunteered and ended up in a good place, I guess. Um, yes, but I do have to say the first year of mine, mine in the army was... Um, sort of felt like Zero Motivation. I was felt like i was sort of wasting my time away really? um i was i was really disappointed because i came and i had a lot of motivation not i didn't have zero i had a lot mm -hmm. um i was and i really wanted to be able you know i i think when i saw myself in the idea spokesperson you know i was like oh i'm gonna be talking to cnn and i'm gonna be changing the image of the of the army of, of israel and the israeli army mm -hmm. and then here i am just like sort of sitting there and Honestly, there were days that I would bring a book so I'd have something to do. Um, I was doing more kitchen duty or guard duty. And, like, the guard duty there, it just felt so disconnected. Like, I was in the middle of Tel Aviv. And, honestly, I was like, gosh, I could do more damage if I throw this gun at a terrorist than if I actually... I, I don't know the last time it's been clean or shot out of, like... I'm going to just throw it and run. I, Probably in the Vietnam War. <laughs> Probably. Possibly. As as a as a what is it called an oar <laughs> for a boat? <laughs> Not even shot yeah, by Forrest Gump. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know we're we're towards the end. Um, and le let's just talk a little bit about dating here in Israel. Oh, this is a fun subject. I mean, are you bruised? I, 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 are you sorry. bruised? That, <laughs> that was like the least sensitive thing I could have said after this whole thing. Oh, that's a fun subject. <laughs> dating uh, <laughs> no but i mean other other than the the i mean before that you artists. talk about it in your book that you you know you met all these israeli guys and you had all these flings and like they're i don't think was, that's exactly what i said i think you're you're so i'm paraphrasing <laughs> and it sounds it much worse when I'm bit. <laughs> no but yeah i'm saying that you you know you you talk a bit about about the the romance of 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 like that you had here you know so Okay, maybe I'm just digging myself a deeper grave. <laughs> but but uh, I'm wondering, other than that, if, if it was a good experience or if there were... And how is it different from the states? If there were good experiences at all. Can we just keep listening to him dig yeah. the hole? This is actually... This my, is my, fun. My, micro <laughs> my microphone's off, right? <laughs> this whole time. So what's the question? What's dating like here? Yeah, what's dating and like what's here? And what's the That's difference between sort of here and the states? Yeah. Did you guys ever see my dating tips movie? My little clip no. about dating? No, no um one you should definitely watch it okay. um but like so some of the things that i've noticed about dating that like it's it's not so much this isn't so much like calling out israeli men but it's a totally a, a clash of cultures so i remember when i first when i first started dating here like right away you they take you home and introduce you to the family and like on the second date they're always are, like yeah come over have friday night dinner with us and you're like whoa 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 calm down <laughs> We just met, you know, and or else you're like, oh, he's really serious. And I, I think because uh, of with American culture, you don't introduce your 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 partner to your parents or your family until like you're pretty serious about them. Uh -huh. And that was like one pretty big. Um, but here you're, that it's like until 30, your parents are kind of 
just your roommate <laughs> so you're kind of just like hey come meet my roommates no without a doubt like and that's part of the reason why that's the situation but still as an american being put pushed into that situation mm-hmm. it's yeah no, it's, it's very awkward you're like you're either like wow he's really serious about me and you know he's clearly not he just that's where he lives yeah or or you're like dude chill out chill out <laughs> i'm i'm not this is too big of a uh, commitment right now um and i think the same thing too is like like some other like some other things is like um i feel like israeli guys are much quicker to be like yeah i'm going to this thing in like three months you should come and you're on your first date and you're like oh he really likes me but they <laughs> just like at the same time hella like just be inviting anybody um another thing that i noticed is like israeli men tend to be a lot more um what's the word like ham like what but not Jewish the, warm, like endearing, and that's not the word either. Oh, we'll go with warm. Okay, they're a lot more sort of like warm. Like careful on the glass, though. Yeah, I told you, I yeah, yeah, not yeah. to trust I, me I with it. liquids <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, electronics. Together. She says as she pours it on <laughs> the TV. Just the um, warmth. Yeah, there's a lot more sort of warmth. So like, I think Israeli men much more quickly will be like, say, like Motek or Hamuda. And I think if you don't understand the culture, you think that it's a term of endearment. But at the same time, once you understand that that's what they call the waitress and the parking attendant, you mm-hmm. have a different perspective of what it actually means. And I think these are sort of like American versus Israeli cultures that mm-hmm. are expressed a lot in dating between the t- the two different Dat- Yeah, dating in the States is very formal. Like formal. Yeah. Yeah. You go out on a first date to a restaurant. You sit you across the table from each other. You have, you know, like well, a you dinner. do drinks, and then possibly yeah. if you're interested, you'll, you'll, um, you'll, you'll, um, what's the word? Continue. <laughs> Con- that wasn't Move. the word I was I don't, thinking. I don't know. But you're moving one, one hand from the expand other. Expand it into ah, into a dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's true. It's very different. Here, it's more versatile. Yeah. And flowing to all directions, <laughs> I guess. To All to the parents' home, to <laughs> the a, bedroom, a one month to the bedroom, to a festival in the desert, or abroad, or abroad in three after. months. Yeah, to a trip around the world. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Actually, I had the second date once that was um, abroad. <laughs> yes, we went to Greece. We we're like we were what? talking on our first date, and we were like, "God, I really need a vacation." He was like, "Yeah, so do I." I was like, "I want to go to Greece. That's my next trip." He's like, oh, "I want to do that too." And then we went to Greece. Wow. Then you were in Israeli. Um, I mean that was not so long ago, so I hope that ah, okay. <laughs> <it> was, well. <laughs> I hope that I was I was uh I mean I don't know if I fully consider I don't maybe you do since you've consider myself it's a good as question you to finish the show with. Uh I don't know. Are Careful with your answer, man. Yeah. Careful. This is this is for posterity. <laughs> I I I don't know. I don't know if I no, I don't think so, but I also don't consider myself American. And I think there's parts of me that's that is that feels the same way. Like wherever yeah. I am, I always feel other. Like when I'm in Israel, I feel sort of like an outsider that I'm still still American, and even more so after my experience with the Rebbenut. <laughs> like they've been very clear that I'm an other. Yeah. But also when I go back to the U.S., there's parts of me that's my Israeliness that I've you know picked up over the past ten fifteen years here that also sticks out and makes me feel like I don't totally fit in in the country I was born in either. So yeah, right. no, I, I had that after the, uh, not after during the army, I went back to the States 
and it was like two parts of Israeli society went back with me. I went back to the States for like a month during okay. the army. And I go... Uh, during your meyuchedet? Yeah, yes. during my meyuchedet. <laughs> and I go to the supermarket to uh, pick up some beer. And I'm, you know, I'm in the army, so I'm 19. But, <laughs> you know, it's just... It, for me, it was, I didn't even think twice. I went to the supermarket. I take out a six-pack of beer. I put it... I go to the cashier and I put it down. And she's like, hi, sir, can I see an ID? I'm in the South. <laughs> and so I'm, I, I was like... I look at her. And at first, I got, like, upset. I was like I wanted to you know say in here I was like ma 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 tuda ma and I was like I almost started, and I almost yelled at her and then and th- but then I caught myself and I was like okay it's not Israel and I just look at her I'm like nope <laughs> nope you cannot see an ID and I just picked up the six pack took it back and yeah I mean it's, it's but then when story. I'm here it's a touching story but then when I'm here I don't yeah it, it's I don't know identity it's is, like when you're in the u.s like you go and cut a line and say um i i just have a question uh-huh. but in in the and when you're in israel you're almost like excuse me but do you i'll i'll just stand at the back of the line and wait yeah. for everybody it's yeah. like you do the opposite almost you like just let everybody pass yeah, you you're because like, you're so nice yeah well and- as the only native israeli here <laughs> aborigine israeli i would i it, from my perspective, I think it's called a sabra. A sabra, yeah. <laughs> I would, I would say, if I may, that you're both Israeli in the sense that being an Israeli is is being uh, multi-national and multi uh, with diverse personality, cultural issues. That's the essence of it. True, it's less in recent years, but that's how the state has been for decades, and uh, that's very, very natural and. Uh, very Israeli thing to be. So to me, you're both Israelis. We've been approved. <laughs> Can I have that in writing? <laughs> we'll we'll go to notary and uh, have things signed. Um, okay, Jessica, thank you so much for coming. Um, good luck with the book. Again, which is coming out February seventh. And how can it be bought via Amazon digitally? Yes. And also Amazon, paperback. Also paperback, and I believe it'll also be like on Barnes and Nobles. Um, online and also on what is the what is the um Kindle? Apple Store yeah uh, the Apple Store yeah. Kindle iTunes. also Apple and iTunes. you're doing a book tour I am this on March on March mm-hmm. you know where you'll be yeah I have a lot sort of throughout the entire country I'll be in okay. New York New Jersey DC San Francisco awesome so how can can where can we read what, the places on your Facebook on your website or it's on my website jessicafishmanauthor.com okay amazing <laughs> we'll put links also we'll on the put post. links also to the video for the dating tips uh, <laughs> just a quick note before we go uh, we have two great and beautiful cooperations the first is with the Jewish Journal of Greater Los Angeles it's a Jewish news website where you can get updates on what's going on in the Jewish world uh, in the States and the Los Angeles area um, so they're on jewishjournal.com another cooperation we have is with Secret Tel Aviv which is a Facebook group they also have a website www.secrettelaviv one word secrettelaviv.com and they are an, a beautiful um, Facebook group and a community of uh, English speakers where you can get um, news on what's going on here in Tel Aviv what, what are the best parties what are the best restaurants okay thank you so much Eitan thank you thank you and thank it's you it's been Noel. a blast